what you see happen is instead of that relationship, that romantic relationship enlarging your life and enlarging the circle of friends that you have, it actually diminishes it. It's the Happy Families Podcast. The podcast for the time poor parent who just wants answers now. Hello, this is Dr. Justin Coulson, the author of six books about raising happy families. I'm here with my wife, Kylie, Mrs. Happy Families, mum to our six daughters. It always intrigues me, the relationship each of our children have with money. They're all so different. Money can be a motivator for some. It can literally be just a non-event for others. And then there's little Emily. So Emily has lost four teeth now. And in the beginning, she was so excited when she realized that the tooth fairy actually gave money for her teeth. But she lost two of her teeth, the first two teeth down the drain, trying to wash them up and make them nice and shiny for the tooth fairy. And when I suggested to her that if she wanted the tooth fairy to show up, she was going to have to write a letter, well, that changed everything. She, <laughs> she wouldn't, write the, wouldn't letter. write the letter. She knew how to. She was just like, no, nah, I don't want the money that much. I'm not going to write a letter. <laughs> how much are you offering? No, nah, don't nah, care. it's too much work. <laughs> and so the other day she lost a tooth. She actually literally woke up and the tooth fell into her mouth. No way. <laughs> and she came racing out of her bedroom and said, look, mummy, my tooth fell out. I don't know how she didn't swallow it. I was so impressed. <laughs> but she was so excited about this because she had her tooth fairy pillow all ready to go and she stuck her tooth inside it and she put it on my door. On, on, on our door? Well, Can on, I just say that? On, on our door. On our we, door. We actually share the door. Oh, okay. On your door as well as my door. Okay. Yeah, on, our door. on our door. Thank yes. you. Yes, because our children have worked out if they leave it in their rooms that the tooth fairy often forgets to come. Okay. This is the ultimate parenting fail, right? We we are so tired that by the time the kids go to bed and, you know. And We're asleep happens, before they are. Let's, let's be honest. As the children get older, they actually start going to bed after you. And, and it's so hard to get your head around that. But we, we kind of are at this point now where we put the kids to bed, but they sort of stay up reading and then we go to bed and sometimes we just fall asleep. And, and the kids have actually learned that if they leave the tooth fairy pillow out and they expect that we're going to come back into the room and put, oh, sorry, I've just, I've completely. You're a spoiler. I, okay, spoiler alert. Make sure the kids aren't listening to this podcast. It's a bit late now, <laughs> Dr. Just Justin Coulson. <laughs> so basically they know that if they fall asleep uh, and, and uh, we haven't, uh, sorry, the tooth fairy hasn't appeared already, that uh, they're not going to get anything. And so what they've discovered is it's much better to leave the tooth fairy pillow in mum and dad's bedroom because then there's actually a chance that there might be some money. Because we fall asleep, we forget to go in there and help the tooth fairy to get those coins into the tooth fairy pillow. Uh, anyway. Yeah, sorry. Emily long- came in the next morning and um, she looked inside her tooth fairy pillow and noticed that there was a handful of coins. But... They stayed there for a few days. I noticed that. They were just hanging on our door for like four days. Yeah. And when I asked her why she had left the money there, do you know what she told me? No. We have a giving jar. It's a bit of a tradition in our family. We kind of just collect all of our coins, loose change, and we put it in there throughout the year. And then at the end of the year, we choose a charity that we we donate to. And Emily looked at me and she said, Mommy, I want to put my tooth fairy money into the giving jar. Oh, that is so awesome. She just melts my heart. Yeah, yeah, she's such a great kid. I love, uh, I love stories like that. I didn't know about that. I had watched the the tooth fairy money not disappear for several days, uh, but I hadn't thought to actually ask what was going on. In fact, I'd thought to ask, but she was always busy. 
She's a busy kid. She is a busy kid. <laughs> so she wants to donate it. How nice is that? Hey, uh, we should really talk about our topic. I'm so glad you shared that. But our topic for today is based on some feedback that came from Jess. Jess uh, contacted us uh, via podcasts at happyfamilies.com.au and she had a question for us that I think, uh, well, this is where we're going to spend our time here. She said, love your podcast. They provide a lot of good tips and perspectives on parenting. And I agree with a lot of your other reviews that you're this light at the end of the tunnel where I most need help. And she said, would you have podcasts that talk about tweens getting into relationships, how and when to step in? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, This sounds serious. So tweens and relationships, how old or how young is too young to have a girlfriend or a boyfriend? Oh, this is such a... This is such a tricky question. So I've got a pet peeve and I don't know if I'm supposed to have such a strong opinion on this, but I've got a real pet peeve. It really ticks me off. I get so frustrated uh, when when parents are setting up their four and five-year-olds at, at preschool or kindy. They're like, oh, I think that, uh, you know, those two are going to make a great pair. I'm like, they're just kids. Stop trying to set them up. Don't romanticise this. They're not old enough for it. Don't even start the conversation. I don't know why I have such a, a huge reaction to it, but I really just want kids to be kids. And I, I don't think that there should be a romantic interest or even any, I know it's just playful. I know it's just fun. But when parents are setting their kids up at such a young age, I just, I, in, inwardly, it just, I don't know what the word is. It grates on me. It, it, it bothers me because I think kids should just be allowed to develop natural, good, wholesome friendships for as long as they can. They don't need that romantic influence so young. No, and I think that one of the things, you know, being a mum of six girls, I have never kind of gone down that road, but I have actually celebrated my children having friendships with boys. Oh, yeah, for sure. I've but loved, that's healthy and natural and that's I've good. I've loved fostering those relationships because those beautiful friendships that they have had and each of them have, have had a, a handful of boys in their lives that have just been beautiful friends helps them to, you know, kind of recognise and see how good relationships work with males in, in our case, you know, having having boys that treat them well and um, are people that they can, you know, communicate clearly with. These are really important skills that our girls and boys need to know. But to have those positive relationships early on, I think sets a really beautiful tone for the future. Yeah. Well, let's talk about how we can answer Jess's questions specifically next. It's the Happy Families Podcast. Imagine a home where discipline got results without anyone having to feel bad or in trouble. The Do's and Don'ts of Discipline is a webinar to help parents set limits with love, compassion and humanity. Find it now at happyfamilies.com.au slash shop. It's the Happy Families Podcast, the podcast for the time poor parent who just wants answers now. And if you've ever been in that situation where your children are far too young to have a boyfriend or a girlfriend, but they've got one, what are you supposed to do? Uh, We've got um, one child who is well into her later teen years now. She's no longer in her mid-teens and um, she's got a boyfriend. And yes, this has just come to light for us. And she is just loving the fact that she's got a boyfriend and, and making life hard for me because of it. So the other day we're driving, I was taking her to a music lesson and I had to ring my dad just to say, hey, dad, I wanted to fill you in about 
such and such. And this daughter jumps over the top of me on the telephone and says, Poppy, Poppy, guess what? And and my dad says, what? And she says, I've got a boyfriend. And then she mentions what his name is and she's just so funny about it. And, and I mean, it's absolutely hilarious. And she's in her late teens, so that's fine. But at what age is it actually fine? And I've got to be honest, like as a dad, even watching this child in her mid to late teens having this experience, I'm like, oh gosh, not yet. Please, no, just stay away from any romantic relationships for another year or two, please. But how do you how do you sort of talk to the kids about this if they're in grade four or grade five? You know, they're tweens, they're between oh, eight and twelve, and they're so like, young. I'm so in love. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm I'm dating this person, even though obviously dating means they maybe look at each other across the classroom, and that's about the extent of their date. How do you have these conversations? What do you think? I, I think having open, honest conversations is so important. And um, one of the things that um, really stands out to me when I kind of think about this topic in general is why are our children feeling like they need to have this kind of relationship? I was talking to our 10-year-old the other day. She actually kind of said, oh, I think I'm crushing on this boy in my class. And I said, Lily, I said, can't you just be a 10-year-old? And she said, mum, and my 13-year-old joined in at the same time. And she said, at 10 years old, she said, literally everyone in our class has a boyfriend or a girlfriend. Yeah, that's what we do at that age. That's what they do. And I was the same. I I remember when I was in grade three, I had this huge crush on Bobby McMinn and she was, um, (laughs) Mrs. McMinn was one of the, my, I think my grade two teacher. And, you know, the next year I've got this massive crush on Bobby McMinn. I'm eight years old for goodness sakes, nine years old. It's normal, isn't it? It's, It's a part of our normal development. Yeah. So I think that my response to this is it's normal and I wouldn't be making a big deal about it. But I'd be curious, not furious. So I'd say to my tween child, let's say that they're nine years old and uh, just didn't say whether she's got a boy or a girl and what, what uh, you know, who, who the crush is on. So let's just go with something really standard and say Jess has got a, a little boy who's crushing on a little girl and they're both nine in grade three or grade four or grade five or something like that. Uh, what I would say to my, my son or my daughter is, so you seem to really like that person. What is it about them that you like? So are you a girlfriend or a boyfriend? Uh, you know, and, what does that mean? And what does that actually mean? What do you do if they're your girlfriend or if they're your boyfriend? What, what do you do together? And, and just start to talk to them about what it is to have a healthy relationship. Just gentle conversations. Every now and again you might say, so how's it going with, well, in my case back then mum would have said, how's it going with Bobby? She didn't, of course, but she, she <laughs> might have. Uh, and, and just having that gentle conversation with them. But I also think that it's appropriate to caution the kids just a little bit and say, you know what, sometimes uh, boyfriends or girlfriends can create some challenges in our relationships. And I think that's something that we've really noticed with our with our girls over time, not so much that they have had personal relationships with boys, but they've watched their friends have a personal relationship with boys. <laughs> and we have hammered this point. I've pushed it really hard. What have you seen happen when your bestie is suddenly getting herself a boyfriend? And she's like, oh, he, she ignores me. I'm like, yeah, how does that feel? You don't want a boyfriend. <laughs> well, it's not only that, that the social discord that that takes place as a result of that, because all of a sudden, you know, when things don't go well in the relationship, you've got two groups here and they can't talk to each other anymore because 
there's been a breakup and don't be his friend because he broke my heart. But the reality is you are. And so that's where I think the, the, the cautionary tale comes in and something that we've really been very clear on with our kids is it's great to have a person that you have a crush on and it's really nice to feel loved and it's nice to know that somebody thinks that highly of you. But let's think about what we've seen happen with other people who have had boyfriends or girlfriends. What happens to your friendship with them? What happens when they break up? Uh, you know, what happens to that whole social fabric of of your relationships at school? How does that 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 play out? And our kids typically have said it's actually pretty awful, and we'd rather just be friends with our friends and not have romantic interests. Yeah. And what you see happen is instead of the relationship, that romantic relationship enlarging your life and enlarging the circle of friends that you have, it actually diminishes it. Yeah. It narrows your friendship circle. Yeah, very much so. And and I think that it's really important for us as parents to be able to have these conversations with our kids. Okay. One last quick word of warning. Uh, not every family is going to find this relevant, but many will. Uh, during those later tween years and getting to teen years, uh, some expectations can sometimes arise in boyfriend-girlfriend relationships around sexual experimentation. Sometimes that might be driven by pornography. Sometimes it might be driven by peers. Uh, but, you know, certainly by about grade five, grade six, some kids in some uh, circ- circumstances are going to be perhaps putting pressure on one another to engage in more uh, more physical contact sometimes really significant physical contact, even at those ages. And so I think that it's really important that as parents, we sit down and have that awkward conversation. Don't make it awkward, but just talk about what our values are, what our morality is, and why it's so important for our children to be really clear around those boundaries. It it matters because uh, if that relationship breaks down, how will you feel about knowing that that person has been engaged with you in that kind of behavior and that they might tell other people about it? How will you feel about yourself? Uh, these are these are really big questions that parents need to wrestle about with their kids. And there is no script. I'm not going to give you a script, but these are really big conversations that we need to have, even I think from the age of, well, if they've got a boyfriend or girlfriend from around the age of 11 or 12 years of age. Yeah. And I think, you know, kind of acknowledging that our bodies have been created in such a way that we respond to touch and, you know, stimulus and all of those kinds of things. And, and it is exciting. And, it and it's is. supposed to be. But but where do we draw the line? You know, I, I think that without having those conversations with our kids, they find themselves in a position where one thing leads to another thing leads to another thing. And it wasn't necessarily where they wanted to go, but because in the moment it felt good, they kind of are coerced along the process or, you know, want to explore, but don't really understand the ramifications for that exploration at such early ages. And and you know what, just at a basic simple level, I reckon it's really important to remind them that if you do something sexual with somebody else, everyone's going to know because kids when they're 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, uh, sometimes even 28, uh, they, they don't keep their mouths shut. They do tell everybody and that can have a really significant impact on reputations, rightly or wrongly that's what happens. So I think that it's important that we have that conversation. We hope that you've enjoyed the podcast and we are so excited to get your reviews from Apple Podcasts. Yeah, we had one come through from Samantha and the clan, another five-star review. Thank you so much, Samantha. This one's a long one, so I'm going to summarise it, but there's heaps there. Samantha says, I've got four young kids, three with varying special needs or medical issues. So I've seen a lot of psychologists and behaviour specialists. Their techniques have never clicked or made a difference in our family. I discovered Dr. Justin early in 2020 on a passing YouTube video. 
and everything he said clicked and made so much sense. And I quickly dived into Facebook and found Happy Families on there, ordered some of the books, discovered the podcasts, and then came the pandemic and then started bunkering down with the Coulsons. I became a premium member, and you bet I jumped onto that. I'm usually linking into book club Q&A about 15 minutes early and absolutely hate it when I miss one. And uh, Samantha has just gone on and on and talked about how much she has loved the podcast. She says, you won't be disappointed. Justin and Kylie make you feel welcome and part of the family. Having the, dis- the husband and wife team banter while discussing some parenting taboo makes any task that you need to do, like dishes or groceries or ironing or laundry, so much better while listening to their podcast podcasts. Anyone who asks me for advice thinking that I have my crap together, I send them right to Happy Families Podcasts, books and memberships. Samantha, what an amazing review. Um, Long and wonderful and hopefully helpful for a lot of families. It's those reviews, by the way, that help people to find out about the podcast and get more information about how they can make their family happier. So we really appreciate that five-star rating and review. Uh, The Happy Families Podcast is produced by Justin Roulon and its uh, executive producer is Craig Bruce. If you'd like more information on making your family flourish, please visit happyfamilies.com.au and click on the Memberships tab.